the Lord has risen. He is indeed risen. Alleluia. Alleluia. For 40 days, we were forbidden by the church to say what I always call the A word. I always say to people, do not say the A word during Lent. That's alleluia. And I say, if you say the A word during Lent, then you have to give some money to the poor, had a penance. Why don't we say alleluia during Lent? Because Lent is a time of penance. It's a time of fasting. It's a time in which beginning of Lent, we look at ourselves. We see how far we are away from the Lord. We see things that we need to do or change in our life. We try to make those changes. Either we're successful or we fail totally during Lent. You know, maybe we say, oh, I forgot, I forgot, I ate meat on Friday. Or it could be worse sins than just that. And Lent is this struggle. So we focus on ourselves. And then there's a time during Lent in which we take the focus off ourselves and we put our focus on Jesus. We start focusing on Jesus. It's in the Gospels. So we start taking the focus on our, off ourselves. Why do we take the focus off ourselves? Because we cannot save ourselves. Because we'll always fall short. No matter how much we do, no matter how much we try, there's always something that we can do better. There's always some, some virtue that we can practice much better. There's always a holiness that we can achieve and we can become discouraged if we just look at ourselves. So we take our focus off ourselves and then we start focusing on Jesus. Jesus, how did you do it? How did you overcome sin? How did you overcome death? How did you overcome Satan himself? And so we start seeing that and we start seeing the opposition of Jesus that takes us to the high point of Lent, which is this weekend, in which Jesus, he gives his body and blood for us on Holy Thursday. And then on Good Friday, Jesus is rejected and he's scourged. He's crowned with thorns. He has to bear a cross on his body, spit upon, mocked, and then he's crucified. And he's crucified for three hours on the cross. Three hours hanging there. Imagine doing that. If you want a penance to do, get on your knees and put your hands out like this in the form of a cross for three hours. See if you can do it. It's tough. How did he do it? And then even after Jesus gives his life for us, his heart is pierced. The blood and the water gush forth from his heart, showing that Jesus gave everything, everything. Jesus was not attached to anything. Even the clothes on his body were taken from him. His very blood and his body was separated from his body. He gave every ounce of his blood. That's why I believe his heart was pierced at the end because that was the last drops of his blood to give us the blood and the water from his heart, the gift. And then it seems like on a holy Saturday, all is lost. We, we venerate the cross on Good Friday. And then we 
enter into the tomb of the Lord, we, we bring out the entombed Christ, which is really beautiful. And we invite people to place flowers on the tomb because that's what the holy women did. They placed flowers on the tomb. If you, if you study the Shroud of Turin, it has flowers from Jerusalem in it that scientists have studied. So that means they put flowers on the tomb. But because it was the preparation day, the women did not have enough time to embalm the body with spices. So they had to leave. They had to, it was, it was a rush funeral. It was a rush burial. And so we contemplate Jesus and the tomb. But the thing is, if you crucify the Son of God, who is without sin, death cannot hold him. Because that tomb was fearful. The tomb had never encountered someone that was without sin. Tombs have always kept people down because you're with sin, because the wages of sin is death. But Jesus did not have any sin. He shed his blood for our sins. He poured out his blood for our sins. And because the tomb could not hold him, somewhere we don't know exactly when Jesus rose from the dead. Was it at 6 a.m. in the morning? Was it at midnight? Was it at 3 a.m.? Was it at the first sunrise? We don't know. But death was fearful because the Son of God, at a certain moment, then miraculously rose from the dead. Notice the word miraculously. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. No one did it for him. He said, I lay down my life and I take it up again. I laid down my life. It was Jesus who laid down his life. He chose to die. He chose the moment to die. And he chose the moment to rise also. So when he rose, death was shaken. The tombs were shaken. The, the stone that was in front of the tomb was moved. Do you know that that stone weighed about 1,000 pounds? 1,000 pounds, one ton, 1,000 pounds. Who could move that stone? The angels did. The angels pushed it out and said, the son of God, death cannot hold him. And death will not hold him. And so Jesus rose miraculously from the tomb and left his burial cloths there. And who knows if he, they said that his one burial cloth was folded, the one over his face. Did he fold it? Did the angels fold it? Who was on the decorating committee of the resurrection? Who was there? Who folded it? Now, I was thinking about doing a homily on John's gospel today. And Luke's gospel kept coming to my mind as soon as I woke up this morning. Kept coming to my mind. This is the gospel that we read for the Easter vigil. And I said, John's gospel is not coming to my mind. I got to preach about Luke today. Well, I was thinking about this morning, a great mystery. That the women come to the tomb. And they come with the spices. What were the spices? 
So one of the spices that we know was aromatic nard. How do we know that? Mary at Bethany. Mary at Bethany, when she anointed Jesus, she had the aromatic nard that cost a year's worth of wages. Cost a year's worth of wages. Judas knew the price of it. It was expensive perfume, aromatic nard. And one of these women brought that aromatic nard, one of the Marys. And they, and they brought other spices according to the Jewish burial custom to embalm Jesus' body. And they said, the interesting thing here, and this is a mystery, I'm so glad that Brother Ken's saying, be joyful, Mary, Heavenly Queen, this morning. I didn't ask him to do that because I was going to preach about Mary today. So that's what, how the Holy Spirit sometimes works. It says that Mary Magdalene came, Joanna came, and Mary, the mother of James. So they came, it was according to Jewish burial custom, to anoint the body. They had to finish anointing the body. The strange thing is, where is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Where is she? Isn't it strange? Just think on a human level. Now, all these women were together. They just endured the crucifixion with Jesus. They were crying. They were weeping. They needed each other. They were traumatized. When you're traumatized, you need other people. Who was the most traumatized? The mother of God, the mother of Jesus was probably the most traumatized, went through the most suffering. And just on a human level, think about these three women. They wake up and they say, oh, we're just going to leave the Blessed Mother behind. We're going to anoint the tomb according to Jewish burial custom. But Blessed Mother, you stay behind. That would be unthinkable, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be unthinkable for a mother not to visit the tomb of her son? After he was just crucified, not just her son, not just on a human level, on a spiritual level, also her God, the one who she was with for 30 years. Isn't it strange that Mary, the mother of Jesus, is not with these three women? Where is Mary? Did she sleep in in the morning? Think about that. No. That would be impossible. Mary would not sleep in it. She was probably thinking about Jesus the whole entire night. She probably couldn't sleep. She was so traumatized. Where was the Blessed Virgin Mary on Sunday morning? No, none of the gospel writers ever record the Blessed Mother being there with the women, being there with Mary Magdalene being there with the other women. There was probably several visits to the tomb. That's why we have several different accounts. It might have been some of the women went to the tomb, other women left, Mary Magdalene might have stayed there. We have Peter and John that went to the tomb. And they both witnessed the burial clause. Where was the Blessed Virgin Mary in all of this? Where was she? You would think she was there beneath the cross. She was there following Jesus during his passion. Where was she during the resurrection? Do you think that Jesus would not appear to his own mother? That he would appear 
to Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Joanna, later appeared to Peter and John and the apostles and the other disciples, 500 that Paul counts later. And he would not appear to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Actually, the ancient tradition of the church, oral tradition, is that Jesus appeared to the Blessed Mother first before any of the disciples. Doesn't it make logic that Jesus would appear to his own mother first? We don't know when. Was it in the middle of the night that she woke up? The Holy Spirit woke her up? Her angels woke her up? Was she at the tomb earlier in the morning? Why didn't she go to the tomb with the women? It was probably because Jesus had already appeared to her. She did not need to go to the tomb. She was already joyful, elated. She was already rejoicing. Her tears were dried up in an instant. She experienced the glory of the risen Lord. A very great mystery. Mary probably did not bring spices if she went to the tomb, the Blessed Mother. The Blessed Virgin Mary did not bring spices. Why? Because she believed Jesus would rise from the dead. Did not need to spice a resurrected body because Jesus' body is already spiced with aromatic nard and perfumes by his own glory. Nothing on this earth could bring the glory to Jesus. He brought it from the tomb. He rose from the tomb. And it's such great news that this homily of the resurrection of the Lord is preached all throughout the world. And you can never get tired of it. The apostles preach the resurrection of the Lord. It is so great. When was the last time you went to a funeral and someone rose from the dead? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're on the live stream. If you ever witnessed a resurrection of the dead, maybe there might be someone. I have never witnessed it. That's why it's miraculous. That's why it's incredible. That's why the angels are in dazzling garments. They're dazzling. I love that adjective, dazzling. It's dazzling. Jesus is the seed that went into the ground, died. But when he died, there sprung up great fruit, great plants. That's why we adorn the church with all these flowers. Because it symbolizes the fruits of Jesus' resurrection. Jesus' rose from the dead. I think the resurrection is greatly appreciated by the sick and the suffering. By those who are sick and those who are suffering, some viewers right now are sick, suffering, maybe homebound, in bed. You can't go to church because of your illness, your ailment. And there's different kinds of sicknesses. There's also mental sickness. That's hard. There's also depression that people go through. And when you're like that, 
when you see no end to your sickness or suffering, when all you see is the cross before you and all you feel is the cross in your body, it's at that time that remember that this cross, which is sickness and suffering, will be transformed into glory. That this cross of pain has an Easter resurrection to it. Death and sickness and suffering is not the end. It leads to the glory of the resurrection. That is why we celebrate today with light, with the beautiful Paschal candle of light that's right beside me and that's much taller than I am. I wish I was as tall as this Paschal candle. Wouldn't it be great to be that tall? But sometimes it's better to be small. But think of the smell if you're here, if you're on live stream, just imagine a smell of a flower, the water, the beautiful lights. Everything is glorious, dazzling garments today. This is what we celebrate. This is what to keep our focus on. When we're enduring the cross and sickness and suffering, Jesus has conquered sickness, suffering, and even death itself. And so if we die in Christ, we shall rise with him. If we are sick and suffering and we die, we will also rise with Jesus Christ. And this is the good news of the gospel. Share this good news with others. And make sure that when you celebrate Easter, don't stop today. Don't, you did not fast for 40 days and 40 nights just to celebrate for one little day. Don't celebrate for one day. Celebrate, first of all, for eight days. Be Jewish. Be Jewish. So in Judaism, you celebrate feasts for eight days. Not just one day. Celebrate it for eight days. Because Easter Sunday for the next eight days will lead us to Divine Mercy Sunday. The eight-day octave. Really celebrate. If you are fasting, eat now. Eat. Never tell people for you to do that. We always hear, oh, you should fast and you should lose weight and diet. No, eat and get fat for the next eight days. I give you permission. Forget the diet. Throw it out the window. Eat. Celebrate. And then celebrate for the next 40 days. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. Let us sing Alleluia to the risen Lord. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.
please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.